0: Well, welcome to episode 27 of Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Video Podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're joining you from our, our podcast studio at our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. We come to you live on Wednesdays at noon, but uh, then once it's posted, you can listen to it or watch it anytime after that. Thank you for joining us today. You might want to hit that notification bell. Uh, if you've subscribed already, you can hit that bell and get notified when we have uh, podcasts that are being posted. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, please go ahead and do so and invite others to do so as well. For the podcast for the month of February, January and February, I want to focus on a, a series that we started here at Lakeshore on January the 1st called I Resolve. It's our message series on Sunday mornings. If you haven't already done that, you could go back and watch any of our message series on our YouTube channel. Uh, we archive them there, and uh, if you haven't watched the first two in this series, I encourage you to go back and do that. Our resolve is the idea, of course, of New Year's resolutions. This is our first podcast for 2023, and uh, we want you to get off to a great start in the new year. And not everybody makes New Year's resolutions, I know that, and I haven't really been one that does that all the time. But as I was thinking about moving forward in this year as a church and as an individual, I was thinking about having resolve to do the things that I believe God wants us to do, to be pleasing to him, to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received. Uh, having resolve is a part of the equation of being pleasing to God, but you can't just do it all on your own resolve, having uh, just the strength to, to just get your life in order and do everything well. Uh, none of us can do that on our own in the flesh. So God gives us his spirit. He gives us his presence, his word, to help us live out the resolve that we have to follow Jesus. In week one of this series, the message was, I resolve to follow Jesus. It seems obvious if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, we've got to make that first step of commitment to him to follow after him. But part of the problem we've got in the American church, and it's not just the American church, it's, it's really a, a thing that appears in churches all around the world, is we've adapted, especially in America, this cultural Christianity, which is in a lot of ways sometimes shallow, It's not very deep in levels of commitment or resolve that's required from us uh, with cultural Christianity to be considered a disciple or a follower of Jesus. But what's happening in America is cultural Christianity is beginning to really fade away. Uh, It's not as prevalent as it used to be. More more and more people here in America are not Christ followers. Uh, They're not part of a church. They're not being raised with that. And so the cultural view of Christianity has changed, and the idea that just everybody's going to pretty much be a Christian in America is fading away pretty quickly. And I think that could be certainly seen as a negative thing, but there's some positives to it, too. We never should have been casual followers, casual disciples of Jesus. That's not what he calls us to be. And so in a culture that doesn't really uh, adapt to cultural Christianity anymore— it's going to be up to us to make this decision. Are we going to be deeper in our commitment, in our resolve to follow Jesus? So through this series, we're going to be looking at what that looks like. How do we live that out? And I wanted to take some time, not just for the sermons on Sunday, but in a mid- midweek podcast for us to look more deeply into that. We've got our chat box open if you're listening to us live. And you've got questions or comments about what we're talking about, just to uh, Put those comments in the chat box there. We'll be able to look at those and respond to those. I encourage you to do that each week on the podcast. Well, following Jesus, according to Jesus himself, is not a casual cultural kind of thing. I love the passage. Uh, We have a record in Luke chapter 9. Luke records this for us. Jesus is spending time in private prayer with his disciples, and he looks at them and he asks them, well, who do people say that I am? And they give them different answers that people have said. Some say John the Baptist. This is verse uh, 19 here. Some say John the Baptist. Some others say Elijah. Still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? And Peter answered God's Messiah. Now, I love that lead into what's coming next. Jesus wants to be sure that his disciples know who he is. They recognize who he is because that leads into what he's going to be calling his disciples to do, the resolve he's going to be calling us to have if we're going to follow him. We have to really believe he is God's Messiah, the anointed one, the deliverer, the savior, because he's going to call us to a level of commitment that is not anything like cultural Christianity. It's going to be stronger. It's going to be deeper than that. And we won't be willing to do that if we're not fully convinced that he is who he claims to be, who the Bible reveals him to be. But if we truly believe that he's God's Messiah, then that is worthy of a level of commitment that's deeper than just cultural Christianity has demanded of us in America and the American church before. Well, after that, Jesus strictly warns them not to tell this to anyone, and then he said this, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. He must be killed on the third day and be raised to life. So he gives just a a synopsis of the gospel message there, the death, burial, and resurrection that's coming for God's Messiah. Now, the disciples aren't going to fully comprehend it at that point. They're not going to grasp everything that Jesus is saying. But he's setting the table for the next thing he's going to do, which is to define what it means to be a devoted disciple, a follower of Jesus. You have to believe he's the Messiah, that he has the power of death and life in him, that, he, that he's able to conquer sin and conquer the grave in order to be willing to take the next steps that he's calling on his disciples to take. It says in verse 23, Then he said to them, all of them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of the holy angels. Jesus is calling for a level of commitment to follow him. That is not at all that casual level of we think of in America. It's been pretty much the cultural Christianity has been this. If you want to be a, a Christian, follow Jesus You make a profession of your faith. Maybe churches would teach you to be baptized, which is clearly scriptural, to be baptized, to become a disciple or follower of Jesus. And then it's about, you know, I'm a member of a church, and I'll attend regularly. Uh, I might give some money to it. And we kind of keep it on that casual level. I'll try not to do some bad things that I think Christians shouldn't do. But it doesn't really call us to go much further than that, the cultural Christianity concept. But when Jesus says, if anybody's going to follow me, if anyone is going to be my disciple, here's what you need to be willing to do. This is the commitment. This is resolve that I'm asking for. You must deny yourself. I think that's the hardest part of following Jesus. We have a hard time. It's a struggle for all of us, myself included, to deny self. We are naturally inclined in the flesh towards sin, toward things that That God may not be pleased with in our lives and we all do battle with that but to be a a follower of Jesus means we're going to be willing to put the old man of sin the old flesh to death and we're going to be willing to be made new in Christ and live a new distinctly different lifestyle so denying self is the first step in becoming a disciple of Jesus we've got to be willing to do that he says deny themselves and then he says take up their cross daily Uh, The cross is the symbol of sacrifice. It's laying down your life. And it's one that requires humility. The, The crucifixion of Jesus, the reason they did crucifixions, the Roman government did that, was they were trying to inflict the most pain and humiliation possible on the one that they're executing. And so the way they did crucifixions was intended to be the worst possible death that a person could die and the worst humiliation they could suffer in the eyes of the people who saw what was happening to them. And Jesus did that for us. And then he says, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, you've got to be willing to take up your cross. And he says to take it up daily because what happens is we may, today feel like i'm i'm on fire for jesus and i want to do this for him and i'm going to live for jesus but tomorrow we may feel differently there are different circumstances there are different temptations we're facing different struggles in our lives so he says well you've got to make that choice again that day and the next day it's a daily choice to lay down our lives to live the life that he's calling us to live as followers of jesus so it's a self-denial It's a a willingness to make sacrifices, which means we don't get our way. We choose his way. And we're not going to be perfect at that. And that's what the cross is all about. And that's what the grace of God is all about. Making these choices is not earning our salvation. It's showing our allegiance to Jesus who has saved us by his grace. And by our faith in him, we're choosing to follow after him as a disciple. So he says, take up your cross daily. And then he adds, and follow me. Uh, Follow me means he's the leader. We're not. We can't be controlled by emotions, by our own uh, instincts. We can't be controlled by the culture or the friends around us if we're going to follow Jesus. Following Jesus means we keep our eyes on him. We focus on him. We let him lead in the daily decisions of life. When Peter preached that first gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost following the resurrection of Jesus, he, he talked about how Jesus had demonstrated who he really was uh, by the miracles and wonders and signs that God had done through him. And the people in the audience, when they heard this, it says they were pricked in their heart or they were convicted uh, that he really was the Messiah and that in their sinful nature, they had nailed him to a cross. And so they asked Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what do we do? How can we make things right with God again? And Peter told them, because they already believed the message, to repent and be baptized uh, into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. And then they said they would receive, when they did that, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, That gift is, is so essential to following Jesus. We cannot consistently follow Jesus well by our own strength, by our own power. But he knows that, and he gives us this gift when we make the decision to follow him, and we are obedient in baptism. He gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit himself to indwell us. The Holy Spirit is that presence and that power and that provision that we need to read and understand scripture, to have the strength and to face temptation and have victory over it, to even face the, the valley of the shadow of death, as the psalmist said, so that we cannot have fear in life, but have the confidence of the presence and the provision of God. So we walk daily, we take up our cross daily, and we walk daily following Jesus, keeping our eyes on him, and his spirit indwells us and empowers us to live out this life of a disciple. But after they heard this and they were pricked into the heart, it says 3,000 of them believed and responded and were baptized that day. They were added to their number. And then in verse 42 of Acts 2, it gives us a summary of the resolve they had to be devoted to certain things. And that's what I want to close with today and, and talking about this message of being a disciple, having resolved this year as a disciple of Jesus, is they devoted themselves to four things. It says the apostles' teaching, uh, and we have that in Scripture today. So we, made, we need to be devoted, if we're going to be his disciples, to knowing and following Scripture, the teachings of Scripture, and that's why a good church home is so important, being involved in a Bible study life group uh, type of thing, so that you're learning and growing daily in your knowledge and understanding of God's word. And his spirit helps you as you read and understand and apply God's word to your life to live it out daily. And they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. And then it says they were devoted to fellowship. And that word fellowship means to share life together brothers and sisters in christ have this common bond that we love jesus we made the commitment to to be resolved to being a disciple to follow after jesus and god does not want us to do this as a solo thing he put the church on earth so that we would have others to come together with to assemble with to do life together with because there's greater strength and resolve in numbers than any of us trying to do it on our own I know that through COVID and things like that, we get disconnect, We got disconnected in a lot of ways from maybe that regular assembly of the church, and there are still maybe some health-wise who can't be uh, present in person for the services. There are different life circumstances that may make that difficult sometimes, but the Bible teaches us in Hebrews not to forsake the assembly because it's so vitally important to that strengthening for us, but there's another element to it, to being re- committed to the fellowship. And that is God wants to use you to encourage and strengthen others. And you do that best when you're with them, when you do life together. And and you're present to be that encouragement and that comfort and that accountability for each other in life. So they were devoted to the apostles' teaching to the fellowship. And it says to the breaking of bread. And most scholars have uh, studied this and looked at it and believe that that phrase is the phrase the early church used for what we call communion or the Lord's Supper. They were devoted to taking that meal regularly together with their brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, later on, uh, we see in Acts and other passages where that was their main reason for coming together was to have this meal together of remembrance of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we encourage you to be part of a fellowship where you are regularly participating in this breaking of bread and this communion with Christ and with each other. So they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and they were devoted to prayer. Uh, The prayer life of Jesus sets a great example for us there. Here he is, God in the flesh. Here he is wanting to live out the Father's will for his coming here, for being sent here, and prayer was a vitally important part of his ability, a strengthening, uh, providing for him what he needed to live out in obedience what the Father sent him here to do. Just think about this if jesus needed that element in his life regularly consistently as a part of his daily life how much more do we need to have that in our lives remember he's the one we're following his example his teaching his his life that he lived we want to grow up as disciples to be like jesus and prayer was a huge part of his life and ministry so i want to challenge you and all of us together to be connected to the fellowship, to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to spend time in prayer so that we can live this out, uh, this discipleship life out together. And in doing this, you need to know that 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 growth will take place. If you just start, if you just do those steps regularly, consistently, that's how growth occurs. Just being devoted to those four things, if you do it consistently, if these become the habits of your life as a disciple of Jesus, maturity will be the natural result of doing those things. So I want to encourage you to join us if you're in the Nashville area. Join us at one of our campuses on Sundays. We'd love for you to do that. Uh, Our Antioch campus, we have a 9 o'clock and an 11 o'clock service here. At our Smyrna campus, we have a 10 o'clock service. And the message will be the same at either campus, and we'd love for you To visit with us. We've got a lot of other great things going on here at Lakeshore. I want to spend a few moments here reminding you of these things, some of these things you need to get registered for in advance. Uh, We have a new Bible study class coming up beginning this Sunday at the Antioch campus. It is an Old Testament history class. Uh, My good friend Walter Rouse is going to be teaching that. He's taught this class for us many times and does an excellent job with it. A good knowledge of the Old Testament is so beneficial in understanding the New Testament as well. Uh, they go together. The Old Testament was God's preparing the world, the people of the world, for the coming of Jesus. And so a great knowledge of that is important. So that class starts this Sunday at the 11 o'clock hour at the Antioch campus. You can go ahead and register for that uh, online at our website at lakeshorechristian.com. Just click on that graphic that says His story. That's the Old Testament history class, and you can register there. We have a life group celebration coming up on Sunday night, January the 29th. We need you to register in advance for that, too. This is just going to be a fun fellowship gathering together, an encouraging time. If you're already part of a life group, certainly go ahead and sign up and plan to attend this. Again, you can sign up online or on Sundays at one of our kiosks at our campuses. But this life group celebration is for life group leaders, for those who may already be in a life group. But this is a perfect opportunity for you. If you have not yet connected to one of our Bible study classes or life groups, this is a great time to come and learn more about it, meet some of the other people, hear about uh, life group experiences and why they are so beneficial. And then it will help you make that decision. We'll be glad to assist you if you want to go ahead and take that next step of committing to a life group. So that's Sunday night, January the 29th. Register in advance. That will begin at 6 o'clock that Sunday evening. I have another Bible study class coming up at the the Smyrna campus. It's the Basic Christian Doctrines Bible Study. It will be beginning on February the 5th. Uh, It'll be Sundays at 630 there at the Smyrna campus. It's a great study of basic Christian doctrines. If you've never been through a study like that, it's a great foundational study for your Christian life, for your walk with Christ as a disciple. Uh, Register again in advance for that online at lakeshorechristian.com or at one of the kiosks at our campuses. Again, I want to encourage you to join us on Sundays. Join us uh, during the week on Wednesdays for our midweek podcast. If you're not able to catch it live, you can go back and catch it later on once it's posted, either on our YouTube channel or on most popular podcast platforms. I want to thank you for joining us today for our midweek podcast.